You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus, who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35 yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10 yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, NASA Chobi. Welcome into another edition of Hawk Talk. Unfortunately, the Seahawks fell to the Kansas City Chiefs 24 to 10 on Christmas Eve. I hope everyone had a nice, happy holiday season with the family. The Seahawks did not get the Christmas gift they needed on Saturday, losing to the Chiefs. Really hard football game. They played really well, got some help elsewhere, so the playoff chances are still very much alive and well. But let's get back into it. Let's break down the game. What happened on Christmas Eve when it happened? See, what had happened at first was... <laughs> what happened was... What had happened was... On Hawk Talk. Bump, we knew this was going to be a tall task, man. Kansas yep. City Chiefs, we talked about it on the preview. They are the real deal. They were 11-3 coming to the ball game. They got Patrick Mahomes, former MVP, the legit weapons, Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, some dogs on defense. We knew it was going to be tough. And... Honestly, there's no more victories. We talk about this all the time. But, Bump, I came out impressed. I'm not going to lie. At least defensively, I walked away more uh, intrigued and confident and feeling better than I have the last five weeks. Yeah, for sure. And we'll talk about specifically why, right? There are some numbers that these guys hit that I haven't hit in a while. Um, It was the way they played. It was what they did to one of the best offenses in all the land. Yeah, for us, we'll take the moral victory for them. You yes. know what I'm saying? For them, they got to show up, get to work, and focus on the Jets this week. But for us, we we can look at the defense and say, all right, it wasn't their fault. You know, they, they showed up and did their thing. Yeah, man, and it was a cold day. It was cold. We know everyone was dealing with the weather, the ice storm that hit Seattle. Half the people couldn't get out to KC. Everyone stuck. Southwest, oh, my goodness. All the flight cancellation things are not going great man. there. That's why you always fly Delta. Proud partner of the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Plug. <laughs> anyway, that was that was off cuff. I didn't even mean to do that. But anyway, shout out to Delta. But things got going right away. The Seahawks, knowing the challenge they had up, Defense was ready starting that game. It was freezing cold in KC on that first drive. They forced a three and out. We're feeling good. Okay. Defense came to play today. Unfortunately, the offense gets the ball back. Could not do anything with that opportunity. Goes three and out. Then on the ensuing drive, Kansas City goes down. Nine plays, 63 yards, ending with a Kadarius Toney. Eight-yard touchdown and a little touch pass from Patrick Mahomes, making the score seven to zero. Then our guy, man, uh, one of my favorite interviews so far this year, Godwin. Igwe Buke took a kickoff back 48 yards to the Chiefs 40-yard line, uh, but the Hawks did not take advantage of that. No points. Both teams would have changed punts for about four possessions, and after that, the Chiefs will find the end zone on seven-play, 53-yard drive, ending in a Jared McKinnon out the backfield towards the flat. Nine-yard touchdown. That made the score 14-0. to zero. Then the Chiefs would add a field goal, and the Seahawks would answer with their best drive of the day. They went 11 plays, 90 yards, but stalled in the red zone and had to settle for a field goal. That made it 17-3 to three going into the half, and you feel like coming out, all right, the Chiefs are going to get the football. You got to get a stop right here. If you do that, you got a shot. Yeah, man, and it really sucked at the end of the half, too, Bump, because there was that play to DK that was almost there in the back of the end zone. Now it would have been yeah. huge because you really wanted to get a touchdown to stay in striking distance. When you're playing a team like Kansas City, you know they can score. The Seahawks have been struggling defensively. So you wanted it to be a one-score game, you know, or at least closer going into the half. It wasn't. It was 17-3. Come out in the third quarter. Okay. Feeling good. Maybe we're going to continue to shut them down. 
And the Hawks came out. They held the Chiefs to zero points, forced two punts. They kept this team in the game. And unfortunately, the Hawks turned the ball over on downs on back-to-back possessions after pre- pretty good drives, two of them, and they had to settle for zero points. And bump for me, obviously, I know turnover on downs does not count as a turnover. It's not a pick or a fumble, but it might as well be. Yeah, it feels like it. I mean, you're giving the ball back. You're not accomplishing the goal. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it doesn't go down, but it, it feels like a turnover. And then things got worse for our guy, Gino, man. He was intercepted in the end zone. That one hurt, something you're not used to seeing. Just didn't really see the safety over the top of the corner underneath and, and threw one up, thought he had a guy open. They made a play. And the Chiefs will kind of put this thing away, man. They go five plays, 80 yards, and it would have had Mahomes' three-yard touchdown run. And it was nasty, too. I can't even handle yeah. the run. He's rolling to the right side, puts his left hand down, dives in the end zone. I'm hoping his knee was down or something happened, but uh, that just was not the case. Um, and that made the score 21-3. to Yeah, on that drive, man, Kelsey did his thing, man. He had a 20-yard reception and a 52-yard reception. Before that, he only had about 41 yards. So, again, my number going to this game was, okay, Travis needs to be around 77 yards and maybe one touchdown, and you got to win. These two big plays were just, man, like a, a punch to the gut. The thing that I, I hate about Travis Kelsey is, like, you watch him, and it looks like he's running in slow motion. Everything about his yeah. movements, he, it's not like he's not like a, a Tony Gonzalez or like an right. Antonio Gates or any of those type of tight ends. But the man is nasty. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and it's not close. Seven straight seasons of 1,000 yards. But you just watch him, and you go, why is he always so wide open? And honestly, give credit to the Seahawks secondary and the linebackers. They held him in check, like you said, until that final drive. Then he kind of got busy, kind of skews the stats at the end of the game. The Seahawks do get on the board to finish it. No offense, six-yard touchdown. We'll break that down here in a little bit. But if you looked at this box score bump, mm, you would have think the Seahawks would have won. If you would have told me, Bump, Man. Hawks would outgain the Chiefs 333 to 297. They would win time of possession 35 to 24. They would have 19 first downs. The Chiefs would have 14. They would run 73 plays. The Chiefs would run 51. And they would run for 133 yards. And the Chiefs would run for 77. There is no way you would tell me that and you would say the Seahawks lost. No way. No way. No. These are all the numbers that we alluded to earlier, like there's some numbers here that are, that are going to shock you. You outgain the best offense in the game. You hold them to ridiculous amounts of third downs, two for 14. I mean, the Hawks are two for 14. You held them to what three or whatnot. You look at all these numbers and you say, okay, the Hawks win this ball game. You have to watch this game to really kind of understand exactly what happened. Um, That's it's, um, it's disheartening, but it's encouraging at the same time because, like we said, no more victories, but we'll take this one for them because they hit a bunch of marks during this game. Just for the first time, I felt like since week two, the offense just wasn't able to get going. Yeah, that was that was the shocking part about this because you expect we expected it to be the opposite way. I think I said last week, I think Seahawks got to score over 30 points to have a chance of winning this football game. And they would have been, honestly, if they would have scored on any of those drives early on and made it one mm-hmm. score, they would have had a shot. They just... Could not, like you said, get anything going. A couple guys did, however, make some plays. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. What time it is? Holy catfish! Geno Smith. So, Geno is a staple in playmakers in this segment all season long since he's taken over as a starting quarterback. He didn't have the game. You kind of alluded to a bump. Kind of similar to week two against the 49ers. He was 25 of 40 for 215 yards, one touchdown, one pick. 
And, you know, you look at those numbers, those are underwhelming. And then you throw in the cold factor. And then you throw in the number one factor to me, and that's Tyler Lockett. This mm-hmm. offense without Tyler Lockett is hard. And for me, specifically on third downs, the Seahawks are 2 of 14. And they've kind of struggled throughout the season on third down. But most of those conversions were number was number 16. He is just so yep. dynamic. And we talked about this a little bit during the postgame show bump. As you got some young receivers out there. You have, you have Treadwell. He's been around the league for a while, but he's playing out there. You know, Penny Hart, Derek Young, just a different receiving core with DK Metcalf. I think that played a role um, in Geno Smith not having the game that he's had previous games. You know, he was 70, he had a 74.5 QB rating. That's his lowest of the season. So he made a couple throws. It just unfortunately wasn't the game. We would have liked him to maybe take off and run early in the game on that third yeah, down. Yeah, there was one, one big one on third down. He yeah, had grass. Yeah, grass. He tried to hit Goodwin down the field, and you know maybe if it's not a cold day, he might he might fit that in there. And it's a big game. I understand why he's looking down the field. Just wasn't the best day for Geno. A lot of other factors. I don't feel like I'm making excuses for him, but I think they're valid. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Geno didn't have his day, um, but. His off day is better than a lot of other quarterbacks off days in the league right now. So uh, we'll take him. We were still felt like we're in the game. All right. Another playmaker, Ken Walker has been a while. I've been waiting for this 26 carries, 107 yards, his first 100 yard game since week nine against Arizona. This young man now is 197 yards away from the, in a thousand yard season. He's also 20 yards away from passing Thomas Rawls for second place for the most by a rookie in franchise history with 831. Nice to see them be stubborn with this and get yep. him the touches that he needs to get going. It's almost like the Hawks are in a, in a relationship with Ken Walker and they're starting to, to kind of figure him out. This is what he needs to get going. This is what needs to be said to him to get going. He's a rookie. And sometimes his big playability um, makes you forget that he's a rookie. and He's going to go through these ups and downs with rookie offensive linemen. So it was nice to see this um, pop up right before you get into the stretch where you can still make the playoffs. No question about it. And I think Pete talked about it a little bit on the radio this week in, in his press conference that during halftime, he kind of said, that, hey, Ken, get the yards that are there. You know what I'm saying? Get the yards that are there. If it's three and he gets five, go get five. You know, go get whatever's there. I know it's a weird balance because you don't want to take away his dynamic playmaking ability and everything that makes him special, what made him special at Michigan State and what's made him special so far this year. But he took what was there and he was in impact in the second half. And if – this team is going to go anywhere this year and make the playoffs. They're going to need Ken Walker to be that consistent. I appreciate that Shane Waldron and those guys kind of stayed with it, and we kind of got to see what, what made this team special. They just weren't able to make a lot of plays down the stretch. Then we go to the receivers, DK Metcalf. Seven receptions, 81 yards, not the most amazing day out there, but in doing that, he, he set a couple records. Single-season career high with 86 receptions. Previous high was 83. His 81 yards also got him his second 1,000-yard season. And then DK also passed Joey Galloway for first place for the most receiving yards in a player's first four seasons in franchise history with 4,175. And he also passed John L. Williams for eighth place on all-time receiving yards lifts in Seahawk history. DK, he, he honestly, to me, it's surprising that it's only his second 1,000-yard season. Yeah, it feels like more than that. Well, in 19, his rookie year, he got close. And then last year, both seasons with 900 yards. Obviously, last year, Russell gets hurt. So you're playing... It took a while to kind of get that stuff figured out. His finger wasn't right. He wasn't right for a couple games. Gino was playing last year, but he's kind of playing in Russell's offense, so things weren't right. And then he was just a rookie that first year. So it just feels like Gino or DK gets a lot more yardage and stuff like that. But good to see him get that done, and we're going to need a big game from him. We're going to talk a lot about this on the preview podcast, and I'm excited for it because I want my guy DK to get after Sauce Gardner. But 
I want to get the popcorn yeah, ready. No. I want him to blow off that ball in that first play of the game and put him in the ground. Because I want our guy to win <laughs> Defensive Rookie of the Year. So I'm looking at it from a completely different window. But anyway, DK yeah. Metcalf setting some records against the Chiefs. Yeah, D- DK doing what DK does. I think he he's caught so many touchdowns over the past few years. It feels like there's no way this guy's not over 1,000 yards. What, he has 10 and 12. Um, this year, numbers are down a bit when it comes to touchdowns. But 1,000 yards, another milestone for DK, man. Keep it rolling. Uh, Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton had decent games. 17 tackles, one pass defended. Um, didn't... Didn't make any plays that wowed you, but I felt like where they needed to be. You talk about shutting down the Chiefs' run game to what seventy-seven yards. These guys are a big part of that. Obviously, the line occupies guys and guys to the back and clean it up. But uh, Jordan and Cody, uh, Cody man, had a good game. And then Daryl Taylor, four sacks, one four tackles, one sack, one QB hit. More you want to see DT fill up the stat sheet, right? Even if it's just like one mark in every category, yep. the more that he can do, the better he's going to be for this team. So it's nice to see him start to do that towards the end of the year. They need him. The Seahawks absolutely need a consistent pass rush. I think Chen and Owosu's kind of flash this year and getting a lot more attention from teams that they're playing. So Daryl Taylor, even in a limited capacity with his reps, he needs to be a factor for this team to be successful. So good to see him get a sack. And then it's the defense as a whole bump. Just, I mean, Fourth time this season the Seahawks have held opponents to less than 100 rushing yards. So we, we, know, we know what the drill was. They were getting gashed. They are getting about 200 yards a game for over a month. And then to do that, yes, the Chiefs, you don't think about them as a running team, but neither were the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? You still have to right. do your job. And it was really cool to see them lock that down. You also held the Chiefs to under 300 total yards. Like, come on, man. They're averaging 429 yards a game coming into that. You made them punt the ball six times. That's tied for their season nine. So this defense was there doing things, and it was really cool to see. And I just hope that spurs them into the next two weeks to have confidence to give us a chance to kind of get this postseason run going and give us a chance to get in there. Yeah, you did it to the Chiefs. Why not do it to everybody else? You know what I mean? Uh, 14 first downs. Uh, they held them to. Uh, what else? Last year, uh, what, three for 11 on third downs. That's the number I was looking for. Three for 11 on third downs, man. That's like some mediocre offense type numbers right <laughs> yeah. there. We talking about the best offense in the game. So, yeah, man, roll over these minutes. Like back in the day, you <laughs> oh, know what I'm saying? Roll okay, these I got things you, over. Don't call me till 9 o'clock. to the Jets. You know what I mean? Let's go. Let's get to the ride receiver roundup. Talked about DK, 7 for 81. Colby at 3 for 45. Nice to see the tight end get, to get involved again. D, uh, DJ Dallas at 6 for 32. The Tread will have 3 for 26. Drop a couple footballs. It doesn't look good, but those reps were valuable for him. I think he's going to learn um, from the mistakes that he made. Uh, Dissy had 1 for 19. Noah had 2 for 12 in the touchdown. Then Penny Hart had 1 catch as well. But now let's get to that coach's corner. Man, tell me about it. Well, we alluded to it. It was the only time the Seahawks got in the end zone against the Chiefs. Geno Smith found Noah Fant for the second straight week for the only touchdown of the game in the fourth. Medcalf now comes wide to the near side. Smith out of the shotgun. Looks to the middle of the field. Now he's going to scramble right. Now he's going to throw. Ball is caught. Touchdown, Seahawks. Noah Fant in the back of the end zones. Almost nonchalantly brings that one in. A six-yard touchdown strike from Geno Smith and the first touchdown scored by the Seahawks today. Man, there was nothing special about this play right here, right? This was happening. You got a two-by-two two formation, two receivers to the left of Geno, two to the right. You got, I believe that looks like DJ Dallas 
um, to the right of Gino and shotgun. What DJ's going to do, he's going to release. He's going to run an option route on that Michael linebacker. What Gino's doing is he's reading that Mike linebacker to see where the space is. Linebacker in that safety. What everyone else is, they just run verticals. Now, Noah Fan is in the slide down below. Instead of going outside his defender, he goes inside trying to work the seam, hoping that that safety kind of bites with that, that option route by DJ Dallas that, that could pull him away. Uh, the safety bites just a little bit, but as you know, when you're in the red zone, not a lot of room out there. Everyone else is are running goes and occupying their defenders. So what Noah does, he gets to the back of the end zone, and now he's just playing backyard football, running into space. And Gino fits one in there tight, man. There's a mm -hmm. defender underneath. The safety who had to drop down, who was right there, ready to make a play on it. But um, two weeks in a row, these guys have connected, man. Yeah, no, love to see it. I mean, Noah Fant making plays in the end zone. We talked about the tight ends getting involved more and more. So good to see Noah kind of have two good games back to back. And DK, if DK is on the field to your side and your safety, you're going to want to know where 14 is in the red zone. He kind of runs a fade towards the outside, holds the safety enough to, you know, a couple steps outside. And like you said, Gino just throws a rope, man in that cold weather. Nice play to see. We need more of that bump. We need more of the tight ends involved. And unfortunately, just announced today, Will Disley is going to IR, which really hurts his team and their 13 personnel packages and stuff. So hopefully no offense. Colby Parkinson can pick up the slack a little bit there and help this, this unit, you know, continue to help this offense because this offense is going to need to put up some points because it's win or go home at this point for the Seattle Seahawks. So we can hope they can get that done, but on Christmas Eve, last Saturday, the clock just ran out. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. Hard to win games, bump when you score 10 points and go 2 of 14 on third down and uh, 3 of 6 on fourth down. It was clear this team really missed Tyler Lockett. I mean, they missed him on every third down. They were unable to get anything sustained offensively, and I think that's why, you know, how well the kind of a, a a heads up to the defense and just like how well that they played that Pete was willing to go for it that many times on fourth down because they were keeping them in the game but offensively they just couldn't really get much going and that was kind of the factor in the game when you don't stay on the field it's hard to put up points yeah the offense struggled to get going but there was one part that did all right man it was that run game Ken Walker had 107 yards on the ground first time since November 6 against the Cardinals that um, the Seahawks rushed for over a hundred. And defensively, the Hawks played, they played some good football, man. You hold the Chiefs under 300 yards for the first time all season. The Chiefs didn't walk away thinking, yeah, we dominated that game. They knew that um, the Hawks were a tough opponent. No question about it. 77 rushing yards, le the least amount since October 30th against the Giants. Whatever it was, whatever confidence is, it's like you're on the golf course bump. I wouldn't know this because I don't have a lot of confident moments on the golf course. But you just see a couple put putts go down. You know what I'm saying? You knock that putt in for par, for birdie. It happens one time. But I just needed to go in the cup. I just need to go yeah, in the cup a couple of times. Get a free throw. It. It's the same thing with this defense. I think if they're playing with confidence, they're going to be ready for this game because it is what it is, bump. It is playoff football at this point. Yep, we'll we'll yep. go through this in depth again on the preview podcast, but it's real simple. Seahawks got to win two. They need Washington and Green Bay to lose one of their next two. So it's it's cut and dry. It's playoff game. It's playoff football for the Seahawks moving here on out. They got to win, you know, this Sunday and the following Sunday, and it starts on New Year's Day against the Jets. Yes, sir. It starts now, baby. Still in this. All that's happened. The ups and downs, the injuries, the the losses, the interceptions, all that stuff. Two weeks left in the season, and they still got a chance to get it done. So let's go get these Jets. Come on. 
Hey, Bob, if you would have told me in August that the Seahawks are going to have a chance at the playoffs, they just need to win their last two games, I would take that any day of the week. You got Pro Bowls all over this thing. So I'm excited for it. Me and Bob, we're going to be back with you later this week to get you preview set for this Jets game. Everything you need to know about the Jets, the matchups, the playoff scenarios, what's coming up. We'll get that to you later this week. The Seahawks did lose to the Chiefs, though, 24-10. He's Michael Bumbus. I'm Nash Chobe. You can catch us anywhere. Reminder, Seahawks.com, SiriusXM, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. We'll be back with you later this week on Hawk Talk. Hawk Talk.